morning or good whatever it is. I don't know. Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke, and we have in the studio today, totally, you hit me up, Jade Struck, firearms instructor, uh, social media connoisseur, expert. Um, she's out there just doing amazing things. And Jade, I don't think we've had her on the podcast. I mean, she's come in a few times. I don't think we actually had her on the podcast. Have we? Mm-mm. Oh, it's the first time for everything. Yeah. So you hit me up. You're in town for the NRA show. Yeah, and right. then you're like, hey, I'm in Dallas. Let's go do drugs. It's like, fuck yeah, let's do <laughs> yeah, it. Let's get a shell shock and grab some stuff. There we go. Yeah. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Of course. Thanks for having me. How are things going in your life? Things are great. You know, um, working a lot, traveling, which is great. I got my dog here, which is nice too. So like, you know, I got that support system. I brought him to the show with me, which is really nice. It was like a super icebreaker. Mm-hmm. So I don't actually like have to talk to Oh, people. you brought him to the NRA show? Yeah. Okay. On the floor. So I only went one day. I went on Friday, which was kind of like a slow day, and it was good to be there. Mm-hmm. And then we went to a range day the day before. Mm-hmm. And um, They yeah. normally do that, don't they? It's like for SHOT Show, NRA, they have like the range day where all the gun companies and stuff like that are showcasing the new stuff, mm-hmm. like it's the new Gucci stuff. Yeah, and this is like the first time I've ever been invited. So I'm like, of really? course I'll come. Yeah. It's the first for NRA? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's the first time that I've been to NRA, like strictly doing things my own way. Okay. On my own terms for myself. Oh, so you weren't representing another company. You were just there on your own. Right. Okay. And it was awesome. You know? Give us a little background real quick for those of the listeners that don't really know anything about where, number one, where can they find you on social media? Okay. I'm on Instagram at Jade Struck. You could think of it like Jade's truck, but there's no truck <laughs> pictures. And um, I'm on Facebook, I'm never, but I never go on it. So mostly on Instagram at Jade Struck. And then I'm starting and launching my own firearms instruction company, and that is at Struck Society on Instagram. Okay. And I teach, so I'm a competition shooter originally, and then turned instructor, and I train some people for some movies and cut my teeth that way, and then I shoot, and people like to watch. How me. long have you been doing this? Six years. Six years in the firearm industry, and you you pretty much shot everything. You know, yeah, I think so. Like, everybody's like, hey, shoot this. This is super cool. But, like, I only like to shoot things that I'm good at shooting. So, like, my most, like, the thing I like to shoot most is, like, my pistol and my rifle. So, so then moving forward, you're starting your own company now. Mm-hmm. What does that consist of? Firearms instruction in person and online, um, focusing mostly on, like, the women demographic, but also men can come. And um, it's more of, like, a holistic-based training. It's a lot about, like, really getting back into our body and our minds, teaching ourselves how to learn, being kind and positive throughout that experience to get the most out of our training. Mm -hmm. And so like for me, I teach and focus on uh, fire or pistol and rifle uh, fundamentals and techniques. So I take somebody that maybe hasn't shot a lot before, has shot, but wants to get better. Mm -hmm. And I teach them everything that they need to know about becoming an actual shooter. Mm -hmm. I don't teach specifics about like in and around the vehicle. I will teach some self-defense stuff, but that too is like, mind, body, spirit based. Right. Um, super cool. Do you know who Tony Blower is? No, we need to turn her up. They're saying uh, in the chat, they can barely hear her. Is this live? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> what, oh, what, did, what did you think? I thought maybe we were recorded. I may say something and then I'll, we'll go back and edit it. We're like in a straight newsroom here. I've got That's Mary, cool. I've got MK handing me uh, the new deals. Oh, okay, sweet. Oh, well, this isn't a deal. Thank you. Yeah, they're saying they can bar- barely hear her. Check, check, check. That I can talk work. louder. There we go. That should work better. Is that better? Yeah, should be good. Okay. I'll hover. But so you do a lot of like female empowerment because, you know, there's not, I shouldn't say there's not a lot of women in the firearms and there are, yeah, Mm -hmm. they're everywhere. You know, know, and there's women that teach women, but I think for me, like fire instruction in general is like very fulfilling for me. So whether we're learning like fitness, whether we're learning Mm -hmm. firearms, whether we're learning just like more about ourselves, like Mm -hmm. I like to take a 
a holistic approach and bring like the mind and the body and the spirit all together and focus on them. Like, I don't know any instructors that are like actual teaching how to engage, you know, certain, all of the body parts that need to be functioning when we're in like a stance Mm -hmm. and then forward on and like how to prepare your mind and not just like get people shooting fast and crazy. I want people accurately. Yeah. And I want people to actually like be able, my goal is like eventually they can teach themselves. Like I'm like, we'll work together. Eventually I want to shoot beside you. I don't want to just be teaching you Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, get them equipped to, if they want to go into like stuff for like tactics or if they want to go into competition or if they want to go into a different avenue that involves shooting and Mm -hmm. having an actual skill set to progress. Like that's, I want to give them that initial skill set. So like, if they go into like an in and around the vehicle course, like they're not thinking about how do I hold my pistol? Like, I don't know how to hold my pistol. What's my bore axis? How do I shoot my rifle? Mm -hmm. You know, like I want them to just be able to focus on what they're learning. Have you ever, well, I know you have, but just for the audience's sake, you face a lot of issues being a female in the firearms industry, don't you? Um, I think that it comes with its own challenges. It's funny because I was listening to your podcast this morning when I was working out. By the way, great podcast to listen to while you're working out. Oh, stop. No, Not all of them are that way. (laughs) Not all of them are that way. You're so funny. But, um, Stop. No, no, no. Please, please. More, more. I just, my ego is already filling up this room. We need more. I, I need know, to, we, we need, need a bigger this. room. Yeah. Knock down some walls. My ego keeps growing. It's amazing. I love it. It's good. You deserve it. You <laughs> Thank do. you. Because mm-hmm. I agree with a lot of things that you say, even though the way that we would say it yeah. is very different. Absolutely. Like you say you like to offend people. Like I wouldn't say I like. Uh, it depends on who they are. It's kind of like if they're fun. intentionally going out there to get offended, then I'm going to intentionally offend them. But right. I, I don't like think, that about you. Yeah, but any, I don't think I, it's... I can't do that. Yes, you can. You just don't I want just to. Don't and want there's to. nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If you are comfortable in who you are and how you operate, that's all that fucking matters. Right. That is all that matters. And I think for me as being like a woman, like we're always thinking about how, like what's the safest bet? Mm-hmm. Like how do I safely operate in these kinds of environments? Mm-hmm. You know, emotionally, I would mm-hmm. think, um, at least for me. So like, I think that, you know, Jamie Villamore, like yeah, I know Jamie, she's yeah. somebody that would be very relatable to the kind of things that I've had to go through in this space. Mm-hmm. But you remember, like, I was 18 when I started shooting, and I was shot in a very public way. And yeah. so people, I mean, I was young, and, you know, sure, I may have been pretty, but, like, I was still really naive. So I think for people, when they met me, they're like, oh, well, she's just like a kid, mm-hmm. you know? But still being a woman, now being a woman in this space, it's it comes with its things. But I think at the end of the day, like, you just have to, if you know your shit, you know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. like, you can walk into a room. That experience will hold, shine through. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. hold your ground and then that way you don't have to pretend like you're being something mm-hmm. you're not. Like, well, I hate to say this, but unfortunately there's a lot of them. They call them the gun bunnies. The gun mm-hmm. bunny community really puts a discredit to people like you that actually go out there, pick up a rifle and go toe to toe with any other guy out there accurately. I, yeah, but So I you're fighting a lot of those stigmas that come about from those types of people. It's like, oh, hey, here's the newest M4 and here's my boobs. Right. And see, I don't have boobs. I don't have that. <laughs> that makes it a lot easier. I wasn't going there. That I, was, I did not mean it like that. Me, Rudy's going to kick my ass now. No, he's not. <laughs> but that makes it a lot easier. Like for me, it's like I'm very athletic looking mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not. Well, you started you started training with Rudy. Like you look amazing. You look in you. great shape. And like Rudy and you've been going, you've been going hard. It's a hard like it's a hard thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So like for me, even with my physical training, it's very like like Intense. Em- emotionally based. Well, yeah, I go ham. But like. It's only if I'm feeling, I dance a lot. See, so. I love eating ham. That's my problem. I ate like shit you, in Texas. Wait, hold on. <laughs> you dance a lot. What are you, what are you talking about? What do you okay, dance? Okay, so you do, you do your Yeah, now, no, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? I do, okay, so, and I don't talk about this often, but it's good Go to Go for it. About. No, absolutely. Um, it's new, new frontiers. New, yeah. Yes. You I should s- be proud of that. I am proud of it. But like I started pole dancing when I was like 20 mm-hmm. and it's very. I bet that's very, because I have friends that do that and it's insanely 
a lot of lower body and upper body strength, yes. core strength. And yeah. it's very ballet based. So there's an art to it that can be very beautiful. I think it gets a really negative connotation. Naturally, because of where it developed from. Yeah. Right. But I think like that's a whole thing within itself. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. But um, so I don't love I, I mean, I love the people that I dance with. So some of them are dancers. Some of them are burlesque. Like mm-hmm. the girls that I grew up dancing with. And when I say grew up, like when I started dancing in pole, mm-hmm. like very welcoming. I've never been in like a really female based environment. And because mm-hmm. oh, of yeah. shooting, it was always male. So it was the first time I was in like a, an only female environment. And if there were dudes, they were like gay. Right. Yeah. So it was very supportive, very like nothing weird going on it's nice right where you have that yeah. kind of like unwavering support it's the same with me in the the course i go to it's just mm-hmm. it's a very tight-knit community they're very supportive no one makes fun of anybody it's that's that's nice to have because i know in the shooting world it's probably not like that no and it's but see the thing is it was something that was like for me so mm-hmm. like i would love to show my dancing but it's not yeah. conducive with what i do but but it's a different side of you that it it's good for people to see because then jade's not because i was thinking about this today not you specifically but i was talking about in general um when it comes to like the social media influencer world, stuff like that, we are very, or there's a lot of people out there that are just very, um, they're, they're, they're not three dimensional. They're very right. singular. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to see someone that offers diversity of personality. Right. So it's like, look, Jade's not just shooting. She's doing this. She's doing that. Cause right. I, I saw the same thing for me. It's like, look, I wanted to do this, this, and this, try new things. And that encourages other people to do the same. Right. So that's a good thing for you. That's, that's great. And, I don't know. I mean, I would show it off and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Absolutely. And it's expressive, you know? And so, like, when I don't feel like lifting, I'll just dance. And, like, my dancing is very athletic. Mm -hmm. So, naturally, it keeps me lean. It keeps me defined. But it's something that I can do, like, if I need to express myself and just move. Like, I believe Mm -hmm. movement is medicine. It doesn't matter how you're doing it. Yeah. So, people get kind of caught up in this idea that, like, if you want to be healthy, you have to be, like, Rudy doing muscle ups every single day for so life. So Rudy's a fucking beast. <laughs> Rudy's he's fifty. Yeah, he's fifty. And he's in insanely good shape. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know who Rudy Reyes is, he's a very prominent figure in the veteran influence space. Um, he was in Generation Kill, mm-hmm. um, and and he's also done the new SAS show. Mm-hmm. He's on season two, I believe. So he's for SAS Who Dares Wins UK. He mm-hmm. is um, on on season. I want to say five and five or six. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so he got they brought him in later. Later. Okay. Mm-hmm. And okay. this is the first time that they're reintegrating, like, or that they're actually integrating um, Americans in the show. Yeah, because SAS is British, but still, because right. Rudy was Force Recon Marines, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's really representing like America, and he's mm-hmm. out there with his buddy Remy mm-hmm. uh, Adelecki, who's a Navy former Navy right. SEAL, super sweet guy. Um, but yeah, so and Rudy's also my husband. Mm-hmm. Wait. Okay, so now we're on live stream. So I'm gonna say this. Y'all got married? No, we didn't. So oh, okay. I call my husband. Okay. Um, it's easy. You know, yeah. eventually we'll get married. I'm really not big on like the whole idea, but I know that I've never been married before, so that's like something that would be nice. Mm-hmm. But right now, I told him I'm like I'm really not. I don't want to plan a wedding. Like we've got mm-hmm. so much shit going on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let's just like say we got like we're married yeah. it's fine we're gonna get married it's like we're, maybe it's like a little carpet before the horse but i don't give a shit because i don't want to plan a wedding right live now. live like, life by your standards fuck yeah. society do what you want and this is fun so yeah, yeah. so rudy's my partner and um partner in crime BFF, super fun Nothing so anyways yeah Rem, or rudy's 50 and he looks great but you know he's been doing a lifetime of fitness so mm-hmm. he's also learning to balance like I had, we had, I had been at this event, Summer Strong, this last weekend, and they have wonderful coaches in, like, strength and conditioning. So, like, college athletic coaches and um, high school sports coaches and, like, pro football. And uh, so there's, like, NFL coaches yep. and 
NFL players and uh, National Baseball League guys. And so there's like everybody in the top of the food chain of strength and conditioning goes to Sornex. And so we were there and I just in by proxy birthed into Sornex family because of Rudy. And one of the coaches had said in his seminar that we can't use and this goes into the veteran space like we when we're using alcohol or using physical fitness or we're using these outside (coughs) things to help fill inside of us what needs healing it's going to be something that is going to hurt us more than it is going to help us. If we don't have a healthy relationship with it. So yep. Rudy's learning that healthy relationship yeah. and learning to balance it. And also you can use it to mask the symptoms, but it's not treating the symptoms 100%. There's yeah. a lot of deep diving you have to do into things such as that because I think a lot of veterans, myself included, to where it's like you're keeping your hands and your mind occupied away from actually Feeling addressing those issues and then delving into them and saying, okay, what's the causation? And that... That's the thing that kind of pisses me off about the influencer space is that we have all these supposed alpha males out there. It's like fucking be hard, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I, I wake up at like one in the morning and, you know, drink 10 egg yolks and yeah. jerk off to Richard Simmons. It's like, no, like, come on. Like there's, I feel like to get to a certain level of mental strength, it requires people to go into those, those areas in their mind where the demons exist right. and not mask it with fitness, not mask it with anything. Instead saying, what am I doing to help myself heal? Right. Like, what am I doing to actually, number one, identify those things and admit that I've got a problem? Right. And I think and a lot of people don't do that. Well, no. And, and also this brings up like therapy. Like when I got into really great shape is when I was so depressed. Like I was like, yeah. I need mm-hmm. help. Yeah. And I got a therapist. And like the thing about it is, is I wasn't just depressed because of like a, horm- like a chemical imbalance, yeah. which I have ADHD and that was untreated. Mm-hmm. But um, it was because I wasn't dealing with things that have happen as trauma mm-hmm. presents itself and well, it's it kind of like that whole stereotypical like boy girl in a relationship girl leaves him boy goes to the gym gets shredded right. and everybody's like oh that's so awesome it's like it, it is but you're also still not addressing not maybe well, i don't know maybe they are maybe they're not but it's yeah. just it's one of those like don't use something else to mask what you're not wanting to deal with right and so with therapy like why it's so important is because like we're not really equipped like we're not psychologists we don't know how to work through our trauma and mm-hmm. build uh a system that is going to work with us versus us trying to suppress who we really are. Like we're not cut out for this. We're just feeling what we're feeling. I like how you said that suppress who we really are. And I think a lot of people don't know who they really are are. because in the military, I mean, you can attest this with Rudy, mm -hmm. you're raised, especially in that environment as alpha male, this, that, and the other, you're a meat eater, you're a fucking killer. All you're trained to do is just eat, fuck, drink and kill. That's it. And then when you leave that, you're left with, What's my job? What? Who am I? Right. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like a lot of veterans can't leave that behind. And it's not that you have to, but it's like, you got to keep going. You have to repurpose your purpose, right? Yeah. So it's like, you've been given these skill sets, you've been given all of these tools in your toolbox, but they don't really fit into the mold that you are now having to reintegrate back into. Right. So how do we reframe our mind in terms of like, what is the enemy? Mm-hmm. Right. And then identifying like, who we are within that and what's our purpose right which is why i bring it back to the lord is like Mm -hmm. you know there is a very clear battle between good and evil going on Mm -hmm. and so if you're looking like with veterans i'm like listen like if you're looking for a way to channel your anger and like you don't really understand like how that fits into your relationship with god it's funny you say that why uh the woman i'm talking to turned me on to a book called the alchemist Mm. if you haven't read it you should i'm on chapter two now and it's really good it's Mm -hmm. a very interesting book but it is fundamentally religious based, but there's not so much of it that it kind of takes away from the story. Right. But yeah, yesterday was just one of those days to where it was kind of like reconnecting with God to where it's like you start talking to him again. And it's like, I was raised to be very, um, I knew the fire and brimstone God. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't know the love, compassion, Jesus. forgiving. I didn't know that aspect mm-hmm. of it. So, I mean, I should have just been a Catholic. I mean, yeah, I should have no. just grabbed the whip and started like flaying myself. No, it's like, no, but that's the but, yeah, thing. I and agree with you though. I think, yeah, a religious, because in the, in the political spectrum, in what we normally, what I normally do, it's always facts, logic, common sense. Well, then how do you bring in religion to that? Well, you can't. Well, how you do choose, you address yeah. spirit, right? So it's like. Well, There's nothing provable. Well, is your it's intuition provable? Um, or is your intuition something that you can prove exists or do you just feel it? Feel it, right. Right. It's like your instincts. Like, mm-hmm. can you prove that they're there or do you just feel them? Like, yes, right. you can prove instincts are, are, are uh, present, but intuition is a, it's a spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, and also I think it's about reframing, like when it comes, I'm not religious, like I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church and, um, you know, God bless the church and God bless Christians and God bless everybody. But at the end of the day, we all got fucking problems. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Just a we little got bit, big yeah. problems. Yeah, so, I agree. And they need addressing. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like when I talk about God, I'm talking about the God that I know right. when I'm sitting buck ass naked in my kitchen, mm-hmm. reading the Holy, like the word of God with a cup of coffee, telling him that I'm a big fuck up and that I'm trying to get my shit together mm-hmm. and like having a really personal relationship, yeah. you know, where when I talk to people, I'm like, listen, I, n- I don't push God on anybody, but I'm like, yeah. you know, your relationship with God is up for you to choose. Like yeah. what your relationship with me is up for you, us to choose. Like mm-hmm. we have relationships with our dogs and our friends and our environment. Like we're allowed to have a relationship. We don't need to get sucked into this idea that we have to follow. Put a box around it. Somebody else's idea of what our relationship should look like. Yeah. Like I don't give a fuck. Like if you think that Rudy and I's relationship isn't what you think it should look like, I don't care because it's my relationship. Exactly. Like leave me alone. Do you feel like, because the one thing I've learned in past relationships is not putting it on social media anymore. Because I learned from that. Mm-hmm. Because it feels like when you put it on your social media and you have a lot of followers, mm-hmm. when you put it out there, you're bringing that person into their life because they yeah. watch you. Mm-hmm. And then when something goes wrong mm-hmm. and there's a breakup or whatever, people are, they're wanting to know. Right. They're wanting to know. Right. And to me, it's kind of like the thing that I've learned as of late is like those special kinds of relationships should be kept off of social media. This is me personally. I'm, I'm not projecting I'm onto you. you. I'm hearing you. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just one of those things I learned is like, don't put it out there. Because all you're doing is inviting bad things into it. You're inviting people's opinions. You're inviting doubt. You're inviting all kinds of stuff to where it's like, if it's something special, it's something that you genuinely love, you guard it and you protect it and it stays between you. And that's just me. That's what I've learned as of late. But I mean, if it works for you. Well, and I think it comes down to like, I was never public with my exes, but Mm -hmm. then again, I like, you know, there wasn't really like, there wasn't a need for it because I wasn't going to be with them. But when I met Rudy, I was like, you know, this is somebody that is going to be my partner. Yeah. But he's also in the public eye. Yeah. That's a hard That's thing. a different thing. Yeah. Because he's also got a lot of followers. Yeah. It's difficult because it's like he has his own public image. I have my own. Now we're blending them mm-hmm. and also we're growing. And I think that the thing about it is like, I've got friends who have had relationships in the public eye and like when they split, they feel like they don't owe anyone anything. Mm-hmm. But I'll say that when I came, you know, when Rudy and I went public with our relationship, which was very early on, mm-hmm. But when we solidified it, I was so proud to show him. But I think that there is a level to it where people care. Like I've had so many oh, wonderful do. people come <clears throat> into my life because of him. Mm-hmm. And what wonderful people were in my sphere that went into his life, I'm grateful for. Because I think that Rudy's somebody that could really help everyone, including me. I was I was talking about you to the girl I'm, I'm talking about because I told her you were coming on the podcast today. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I wanted to discuss this because I feel like this is very interesting. You are how old? You're 22? 24. 24 now. Mm-hmm. Rudy's 50. 50. That's a massive age gap. There's mm-hmm. a generational, there's a few generational gaps. How do you two make it work? Because you two have been together for four or five years five now? Five years. Five years. Five years. And seeing you two's compatibility in the public eye or just in general, mm-hmm. it's like Rudy is this wild beast. He's yeah. like this, and I shouldn't say it in like a negative. He's just, he's a very free spirit. Yeah. But it feels like you're the anchor to where it's kind of mm-hmm. like, all right, baby, we're not going to do this. And Rudy listens. Yeah, it's... You know, one thing I love about him is like he took that pressure off of me for having to be somebody that has to perform. Mm-hmm. And Rudy doesn't, f- he's not performing. Rudy's what do you mean by that? Go in, go in depth on that. What do you mean by performing? Like, I don't want to be the center of attention. I met Rudy at a, like at a, at a really pivotal point in my t- life mm-hmm. where he got me out of a really bad place that I was in and gave me stability. And in that time, he gave me space to really find out who I am, right? Mm-hmm. And really... like required that I take myself out of very unsafe situations and put myself in a place that is going to make me be allowed to be myself who Mm -hmm. I really am. And I was also young, you know? Um, And so that took that pressure off of me for having to be somebody that I really wasn't, that I was growing out of, um, that he could kind of take that, like people want to pay attention to Rudy. And that gave me an opportunity to step back and observe people and see kind of the environments that I'm in. And then also be in an environment with my partner who won't let anything bad happen to me emotionally, physically, mentally, anything like that. Like, yeah. he'll protect me. And so it's he gave me a space to not have to perform in the sense that it didn't... Like, when we walk into a room, it's like, Rudy's here. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, there's Jade. It's not Jade's here, and oh, look, there's Rudy. And mm-hmm. I like that because I'm like, I don't trust a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be bombarded, and I want to talk to people, but... I don't want it to be something that is that can overwhelm me, which mm-hmm. is why having my dog at the NRA show was great. Right. Because now people wanted to pet my dog. They didn't want to like necess- they wanted to talk to me, mm-hmm. but the dog was the way to get in through that door, which is a very <coughs> neutral and cool space, right? Mm-hmm. So um so yeah, so he gave me that space to not have to be the show. Mm-hmm. And then as far as why it works, I mean, we mo- we both met each other when we were in in really not great times of our lives. So we had a lot of things that we had to work through. And um, why I think it works is because I'm, I play it much more safe in my life. And Rudy is a firecracker. And so like what he keeps me balanced. Anybody that knows him or spoken with Rudy, he is, he's not the quintessential Marine. He's not. No. Cause I remember, um, man, it was years ago. We had dinner with y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I never forgot Rudy. Like we were sitting there at the talk, talking at the table. And he's talking about LA mm-hmm. and he, he passed me on the show. He's like, Oh, you simply must come visit. And I was like, don't you ever fucking say that again. Mm-hmm. Don't you ever do it like that again to me. He's like, you sound like an LA boy. He's like, you simply that's, must come. you simply must come. He's like, Rudy, I swear to God. And I was like, you can probably whoop my ass. Like, but you ever do that again. No. Right. But he is. He's a very free spirit. Like you would never look at Rudy and think Force Marine Con no. or for, force. Marines Force Recon. Mm-hmm. You would never think this dude had done had seen some really bad shit. He is just a very vibrant mm-hmm. free. And that's why they call him Fruity Rudy, because everybody like he's just he's, he's so just, passionate. They think he's gay. Right. And he's well, clearly he's not. And he's beautiful, but he's an artist. So mm-hmm. like Rudy He is, he does have that. He's like the he's like the philosopher, artist, soldier, or right. warrior. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. And he's like his company that he, he uh has founded is uh Zen Commando, which is so him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about this. What is this? It's like Zen Commando. Zen Commando. It's like his thing that he's doing, but he's doing like men's retreats. He's so cool. But he, you know, he um, he grew up in a boy's home, had a very tumultuous young life. It was like absolutely horrible. Had every right to be a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he wasn't. So he, you know, emancipated himself at 17, martial artist, uh, can illustrate and paint like. I didn't know that. Beautifully. Yeah. Incredibly. And was going to go to college for, uh, for illustration and decided to join the Marine Corps and went to work so that he could support his brothers to get them out of the boys home. And so he's an artist. And then he joined the Marine Corps, um, to give himself purpose and he absolutely thrived in it. But, you know, at heart, Rudy's a very in touch, very emotional, very sensitive, beautiful person who went into the Marine Corps and succeeded because he's also has a lot to prove to himself. Mm-hmm. And so um, why I think it works between us is because he's very young at heart. Like mm-hmm. he also didn't he have, is. he didn't have a childhood. Yeah. So he's a very much playful person. And like, I'm very playful too, which mm-hmm. is a good balance. But in the world, he's very dominant. And I'm, I try to be as like uh, in charge of my own like sphere as possible. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes down to it, like I protect him and he protects me and, we allow ourselves to be like who we are which is nice so i think that's why it works and we're able to converse about like deeply philosophical things and we can argue about them too like when when it came to god in the beginning of our relationship he didn't get it Mm -hmm. and i was all on god's like i was like wherever god needed me i was going Mm because like he kept me alive you know and saved me because i really was not in a good place when i met the lord i was like ready to kill myself and then I got hurt on the range and the first thing I did was go and pray to God and say, thank you for saving me. Immediately got into Bible study just because I got a text that day that Bible studies on next week, which I hadn't gotten in years. And then f- it was off to the races from there. I was in Bible study every, every week. Like an omen. Yeah, it was awesome. And you know, I found Rudy through that process. So God and I were very like close and, and we're still growing in our relationship. So mm-hmm. it's not that like, I have it all figured out because I certainly don't. But yeah. um, Nobody does. But him and I were able to like, can, we were able to argue and he taught me that I need to be able to defend my faith, even if that wasn't what he was trying to teach me. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I found that, you know, I found, but it was a good thing, you know, so now I can, I know the word, you know, I, I have strategy when it comes to defending God's honor. When you say when y'all fight, how do y'all fight? And I don't like saying fight. I don't, like when you disagree, because that's one of those things I've had to learn coming from military background. Mm-hmm. You don't get to just say, this is how it's going to be. It's like, it doesn't work it's that a way. It's right? a compromise. Yeah. But how do you two make that work when you're actually trying to negotiate? So you know, in the beginning it was absolutely horrendous, right? Mm-hmm. Most people going, are, yeah. yeah. Then I started going to therapy and we both started cleaning up our shit. And so now I think about things before I approach them because I'm very impulsive by nature, having like ADHD, like snap. And it's not in like a bad way, but like if I have something on my mind, I have to get it out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now I'm learning that like I can think about things. I have to reevaluate like who, what the situation really is because also I'm a female and I'm young. So my hormones are like kind of Mm -hmm. all over. And so I have to discern, okay, is it hormonal or is it legitimate? And if it's legitimate, then let's look at the facts and look at the past and look at where we're at and look at Rudy as a whole. And then if that doesn't solve my problem, then I need to like formulate a question. And then if I need to ask myself if he says yes or no to the answer of this, am I still going to be okay whether he gives me that answer? Because if he doesn't, then Mm. I'm not going to ask that question yet until I have the yes and no and both are going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And then from there... We ask the question. And so he may get upset, but then I also know that he needs time. And depending on how uh, like emotional the the issue is, that time length varies. Mm-hmm. But then from there, you know, we just, I've learned that like uh, relationships are, it's a negotiation of like what you're willing to compromise and yeah. what you're not willing to. Like you walk into a business 
deal pre-qualified mm-hmm. and your partner walks into it pre-qualified and you guys look at your pre-qualifications. Okay, that works. This is my non-negotiables. These are my negotiables. Yes and no. Do these, are these working? Mm-hmm. And I'm very analytical in, in things. I tend to be less emotional and I tend to be a bit like I'll cut myself off um, from being superly emo- like overly emotional if I can't sort through it. But um, through it. I know what you meant. I mean what you know. You're good. But yeah, so I mean, so at the end of the day, I think it comes down to making sure that we don't say anything that we're going to regret. So not. Yeah, I've had to learn that too. Especially in the heat of the moment to where the issues I've ran into in a few relationships were um, identifying those negative toxic traits as far as like I would say things that maybe I shouldn't have said instead of just or said them a different way. Right. But for me, it was identifying that and then saying like, look, if I say I need my space, give me my space right. because I don't want to, in the heat of the moment, say something I know I'm going to regret because right. that's just human. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, and this is the thing I hate about social media, we can lie to ourselves. We can project this toxic positivity. We're right. all human beings. We all get angry. Oh, we all shit. get upset. We say stupid shit we don't mean in, in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Some of us are better than others. But for me, it was identifying that trait in myself and saying, okay, you got to stop doing this. But how? You can't just cut it off. Right. So for me, it was step back from the situation, say, I just need some space. And it's not that I don't want to talk to you. I just need to allow my emotions to calm. And the problem I ran into is the counterparts would not do that. They would keep going. And at that point in my mind is like, now it's your fault. I am telling you what I need so we can continue this conversation later. Mm -hmm. And it's not like me trying to just push it off. It's me saying, I just don't want to allow myself to get to that level because there are some topics of discussions that we get very heated about. It's Mm -hmm. very near and dear to our hearts, but That's good. So y'all, y'all do that or what do you, yeah, he, he needs it. Mm-hmm. He needs it a lot. And I think what I've learned being the recipient of that need of time and not wanting to give it is learning how to self-soothe. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's self-soothe. I like self-soothe. that. My dog, he's got to self-soothe sometimes. Like I don't want to play all the time. Like leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're fighting, you're like, I need some time. Mm-hmm. And so being a female or somebody that needs an answer now, um, you know, knowing that he's going to come back. Right. So understanding like, if you guys are in a new relationship, maybe saying like, hey, listen, like I'm not going to leave the relationship. You I see that that I'm glad you said that because that is a massive one that I projected onto other people that I'm still dealing with. As far as if we get into a fight, it's like, well, this is it. We're right. done versus someone saying, no, we're committed to each other. It's like we're not we're we're not fighting each other. We're fighting for each other. Right. And to find someone that has that mental maturity of saying we can be knocked down, drag out, fight and cast mm-hmm. screaming. I'm not leaving you. We're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. So that takes a lot of trust. Yeah. And it takes also knowing like, do you have abandonment issues? Yes. Which I do. And if you do, then you have to remember that at the end of the day, like you're going to be okay no matter what. Mm. But also that if this person loves you, they're not going to leave you. And knowing that they love you. Otherwise you would not be arguing about this. And I tell Rudy this all the time. Well, not all the time, but if we ever get into it and, and it comes like it comes about, I'm like, listen, like if I didn't give a, if I didn't care, then I would not be here conversing with you. I would literally let you think whatever you want to think. And I wouldn't care because I have other motives. Like Mm -hmm. I care about you as a person. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not leaving. Yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, and I I care. So I want to get through this together, whatever that looks like, like whether it's a freaking mess or whether it plays out well, like whatever, we're going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So understanding, like if you have abandonment issues, if it's on you and and Mm -hmm. you assume that you're going to leave all the time, Mm -hmm. then just, reassuring yourself of like, listen, like I'm not going to leave. And if it is an option that you can opt out, then okay, maybe that's an option. But like for Rudy and I, I'm like, it's not an option. Yeah. 
unless and this is the thing is we've gotten to points where it's like should we end this and the way that those conversations go are very different than fighting in the heat of the moment it's i sit down and i say do we need to call this quits and not in that we i hate using those kinds of words but it's like do we need to really separate because if we do like i need to have a sit down conversation like this need the way that I need to, I don't end things abruptly. Right. I don't also end things and then come back to them. Mm-hmm. So like I will end them and they will be done and it will be done forever. Mm-hmm. That's something, having them get to know that about you, right? That's a hard one right there because I think there's a lot of people out there, myself included, that you kind of think about like, oh, I ended this like, was that the right move? And then you date a little while. I was like, you know, there was comfort in that, but then it's, you have to like, I've learned that I had to write a list down mm-hmm. from previous relationships. Like this is why it ended. This is why you weren't happy. These are the emotional needs that were not being right. met, yada, yada, yada. So it's kind of like in the veteran space, we, I call them fondness flashbacks. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I miss the army. It's like, no, you don't. I was no. like, you got out for a reason. Right. You forget the reasons and you look at the positive, but you forget like the recall formations. Right. The, and it's okay to miss. Things, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like I miss friends all the time where I'm like, I really love them as a person. I just know that they're not good for me. Mm-hmm. And so you can love them. Like I thought from about a distance. That. Yeah. Like yeah. I thought about if I was going to see one of my old friends um, at this show, I would still smile at her, mm-hmm. you know, because there's still a part of me that absolutely adores her. But also there's a part of me that knows I can't. I think that was the first time I met you. Was it Shot Show? Or no, NRA and whew, fuck, I forget. Years ago. It was years ago. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was with that group. You know what I'm talking yep. about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. But that's the first time I met you. And it was a few of the other people as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And it happens. You know, shit happens. So mm-hmm. it's also giving yourself permission to like. Not, Say, hey, I fuck. Yeah. Not, I'm not have, me. Not have normal things. Yeah. You know, like who, what are we judging all of this? Like what book spells out clearly what our relationship should look like? I think it's just a matter of learning and experience, but I also think that the metric that social media users put out there, for example, Uvalde, what's going on with that? Everybody is suddenly, or the, the school oh, yes. shooting, uh-huh. everybody's suddenly an armchair quarterback. Everyone knows how the officer should have performed. Everyone knows. It's kind of like, you don't know shit. Right. You know, and especially when it comes to social media, you know what people, uh, what those influencers and stuff allow you to see, right. which annoys the shit out of me because it's like, and I get it. Like, I understand a lot of it is my fault. I allow these things to be seen. These are the perceptions these people are going to have. So instead of ever having to deal with that again, you just don't show them anything and you keep that private. Yeah, but that's, that's being, just me. That's yeah, just me. it's being really mindful, right? Like being yeah. very intentional about what you let into your sphere. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And like, if you want to break down like entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. As a word, entertainment. It's the act of keeping contained. Mm-hmm. Right. So entertainment, like it's the act of keeping you. Mm-hmm sucked into whatever's going on. It's a distraction, right? Yeah. If you're mindful of the distractions in your life, it will clean up a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You'll stop, you know, spending time talking to people that are, that are keeping you from doing what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll start arguing with people on the internet. Right. Well, it'll <laughs> keep you, and men do that a lot. I don't, but men take things personally. So it's like also knowing how things affect you. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like yes. Really Identifying those traits about yourself saying, I know, and I hate saying trigger because it's been such That's a fine. But it's like, I know this will piss me off. I know this will trigger me if I do this. So if right. I, and that's what pisses me off about people. It's kind of like, I have friends that come to me for advice. It's like, do you really want advice or are you wanting validation for the choices right. that you're already planning on making? Is right. it because if you want the advice, I'll give it. But what right. I'll see them do is they will intentionally put themselves back into previous situations that they know how it's going to be respond or how they're going to respond. It's like, right. why did you do that? Right. You knew that was the outcome. You're at fault. Well, and I think at the end of the day, it all comes back to therapy, right? I agree. Because if you have a therapist, you have somebody that is completely neutral, neutral, uninvolved, wants the best for you. 
mm-hmm. wants the best for your situation and your mental health yeah. and gives you tools. These are all tools. Like what we're talking about, you writing a list, that's a tool. Mm-hmm. Like you are understanding that you can see things clearly when you write them down. Yeah. So now you use that tool, you know, using the tool of how to sift through a situation, like using a tool of how to communicate if you're in the middle of a fight. I need to, I need to get some space, yeah. you know, and sitting down, like I, I watched this, um, Johnny Heard or Johnny mm. Depp Amber Heard trial, yeah. like the entire time. I'm very fascinated. I like. Why are you fascinated by him? Because I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. And they had a psychologist on the stand, and also seeing the the lawyers go, mm-hmm. and just the way that a courtroom works. I know that I either want to go into law or I want to go into uh, psychology mm-hmm. and become a therapist. So I, those are my two things that I'm very much so leaning into. Mm-hmm. Both take a lot of time to go to school for. So I'm making sure that like. I'm really thinking about what I want to do. And so it was like a perfect opportunity to see like how everything's going down. Also, everybody has relationships. So it's curious. I'm curious to see, you know, what are, what's going on and how this thing, whole thing plays out. And so I've been watching the whole thing mm-hmm. and I've heard the videos, like the audios of Johnny saying, I need some space and her being yeah. so against him getting space. And that's abusive behavior. That's very abusive. abusive behavior. It is abusive. And I think also that there, it's just, it's very complex. Like relationships are complex. Yeah, naturally. And so I'm sure that we've all been in a situation where we're like, we need to get space. Our partner won't let us. Then we need to stop right there and say, okay, but why won't you? But there's also another factor in these relationships is there's drugs involved. Mm-hmm. So there's addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, which takes more, a lot more work. Yeah. And um, there's trauma involved from both sides. Johnny came from a very traumatic childhood. And I'm sure Amber has experienced trauma, but also she's just been in Hollywood. So, yeah. you know, you have to, you really have to think about where are these two people coming from. Mm-hmm. That's why when Rudy and I tend to disagree on things, I really have to take stock of like, who is Rudy? Mm-hmm. Where does he come from? See it from his perspective, which is very difficult to do because it means you have to put yours aside for a few minutes because no, it's a very good point that you made there mm-hmm. as far as why do they think this way? Well, let right. me look at it through their eyes right? and then you can have a deeper understanding. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but you right. can at least understand where they're coming from. And that's a very difficult thing to right. do. And what they're dealing with, right? Yes. And like what we're all Especially dealing what they're with. dealing with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very well said. And then understanding like, where do we sync up? Mm-hmm. Right. Because we both have trust issues. We both have abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. The way that they present themselves are different. Mm-hmm. So finding like a common ground. And the fact that you told each other that, mm-hmm. because I think in, in the dating world in general, when you hit that point, like here, here's the messed up part. When you start that process, you start that journey of self-discovery, which I started like a year ago to where it's, or maybe two, I forget what it was, um, to where you start having a more cognizant approach to how you are mm-hmm. looking at the history of my actions saying, I fucked up a lot. I did that wrong. I did that wrong. I fucked up in that relationship. This mm-hmm. is what I did wrong. And it's not in the sense of trying to like show off, but it's in the sense of, I need to fix myself. Like well, I have some very toxic things about myself, but once you identify those things, when you meet someone new and you express that mm-hmm. number one, that's an amazing thing to do in a sense of saying, I am being transparent with you, but I've had uh, a few dates where I would do that. And it's like, look, these, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm dealing with. If you want transparency, here's transparency. But it's not me saying, this is what I have. It's saying, this is what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And I've had women just run. Like, it's like, nope, not dealing with that. And I understand that. I get that. But it takes a special breed to say, fair enough, because here's what I'm working on. And I don't need you to fix it. I'm working on it, but I need you to know this. Right. It takes humility. Yeah. Right. 
But I think also knowing for you specific, like you as well, because just the way that you express it is like you're very hard on yourself. Like you're just looking at what are the things that need fixing. Yeah. I think also being very much so open about the things that yeah. you are, right? Yeah. Like, so for me, like. But that walks a fine line between arrogance, though. No, it has. It is an understanding of strength versus weakness and also making weaknesses your strength. Mm-hmm. So like I know for me, I'm very high in agreeableness. I detest confrontation. Right. So I know that I am a yes person. I know that if it goes unchecked, that is to my detriment. However, I am a very loving person and caring and kind person. Mm-hmm. With, and that's not an arrogance thing because like I can't help that about myself. No, that's, those are good traits. Yeah, yeah absolutely. but sometimes going unchecked, they lead to something that's not going to help me. It's going to hurt me, which yeah. it has hurt me. Yeah. So also, people will take advantage of that too, unfortunately. And that's the other part in relationships to where you... You bring about those quality traits in yourself and right. a predator will be like, well, I know how to use that and use yes, that against you. Course. And that's where the whole trust thing comes in. Of course. But also, but that's also a personal check of like making sure that the person that you're in bed with, I mean, mm. like not even just physically, but mentally, spiritually, yeah. emotionally, these four facets that you trust them. Yeah. Right. And you, that's up to you. That's not up to them. Mm. And we've talked about this before, like where there's a trust, a trust break, mm. um, the personal responsibility that we have in a relationship is like if okay, for instance, if John broke my trust and John does a lot of things to try to rebuild my trust mm-hmm. and I just am not going to work on trust within myself, mm-hmm. we're not going to get anywhere Yeah, because we have to both be willing to, what whatever I heard the saying of like, I wouldn't ask of you what I'd not be willing to do myself for right. you or me. And so it's like, if you need to rebuild my trust, I need to work on rebuilding my trust as well. I cannot operate in a world of not trusting everyone but needing yeah. people in my life. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and you've been burned a lot too. You've had business things. You have personal mm-hmm. relations. You've been burned a lot. You got a lot of knives in your back. Yeah, but and that's you know, hard. Yeah, but you learn, right? Yeah. And so you still come back to this, like, listen, um, like, I'm having a really hard time. Like, I'm not having a relationship with my dad right now mm-hmm. for a number of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I, when I look back, I've always really publicly spoken very highly of my father. Mm-hmm. And then in hindsight, looking back and seeing my life clearly. Um, not in a state of fear or need or anything like that. Um, and fear is a big thing. Fear is a big motivating factor for oh, a yeah. lot of our decision making. Yeah. Um, I'm able to step back and say, listen, I love you. I will never stop loving you. You're mm-hmm. my dad. I will always love you. However, I cannot be with you. Like, yeah. I cannot have you in my life. And you said that on the podcast I was listening to this morning. It's like, it, it was the Dear John questions in case anyone was wondering. Um, but, you know, it's knowing that I kind of lost my train of thought because I thought about the... Your father. I know. And basically if they're not contributing something good into your life or... Yeah, well, and what you were saying, I forgot exactly what you said. But at the end of the day, it's like you can still have boundaries and mm-hmm. still love someone from afar, mm-hmm. right? And so for me, I don't see it so much as like, like, oh, I've been burnt so many times. It's just that now I really know what to look for in indicators. And if I find myself constantly needing to say yes, I know that this mm-hmm. is, might be manipulative, mm-hmm. you know, and making sure that I'm checking all of those boxes in my daily life and making sure that those people aren't in my life and I'm not allowing that yeah. to come out of me too. Yeah. You know, so it's like... It's an easy metric to go by saying like when you look at an individual relationship or an individual that you have in your life, it's like, are they contributing something good into mm-hmm. my life or are they taking something from me? And I've, mm-hmm. when I did this with a few of my close friends, I was like, damn, I do a lot of taking in those relationships. I don't do a lot of giving. I'm talking about like right. my best friends mm-hmm. to where it's like, I need to be a better friend. Mm-hmm. I need to be more... Attentive. Attentive. And I'm just not that way sometimes. Like a lot of guys aren't. It's just kind of like you can pick up right where you left off 10 years later. 
But you're right there with those extreme close friendships. They require, I'm not even talking about romantic, I'm talking about just friendships yeah. in general. They require effort on your part as well to make them work. You cannot be a taker. So when you can identify those types of people in your life, you also have to ask yourself, am, am I, I a taker? Am I one of them in somebody else's and life? And that is self-awareness. Yeah. And I think that that's something that has come up a lot. Like when we're talking about when we fight, you mm -hmm. know, when we speak openly about certain things, like self-awareness and the fact of like, how do we fit into all of this? Mm -hmm. Who do we want to be? Because we want to be attentive. We mm -hmm. want to be kind and caring. Who are we going to... Because here's the thing. No man is an island unto himself. It doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So those relationships that you're building, mm -hmm. you're going to need them. Because when you hit rock bottom and you're on your knees, you need someone there to help pick you up. And it's going to be those people that you invested in, hopefully. Right. So, and I, I know it sounds selfish to say that's the reason you do it, but it's not. But you mm -hmm. still have those resources there of the relationships you've invested into. Right. And most relationships are not transactional if they're good. Yeah. So it's like... You know, we forget how important it is to listen. Mm -hmm. we yes, forget active how, listening, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we also forget how important it is that when somebody is lost, to give them sound advice or say, I'm not capable of doing it. Yeah. But it comes into like radical honesty with yourself. Radical with honesty, I like that. And people will say it's like rude. Like I've been told recently that I'm far too honest. Fuck that. Because well, like, at least they know where you stand. Well, I'm I like, get that all the are time. You That's not why being I said that it. way with me because if you're not being completely honest with me, like I'm somebody that needs directness. Exactly. I don't read between the lines. Exactly. And like it may come off as me, and I'll apologize. Like I have a girlfriend of mine that I absolutely love. Her name's Paige too. That mm -hmm. lady that wrote into you this morning was Paige. Um, that wrote into me uh, on Dear John on your oh oh okay page. okay. Um, but you know she was wearing these sunglasses, and I was like, or no, it, it was also her. It was her sunglasses that I hated mm -hmm. because I don't think that they look good. And then also it was her profile picture that was super harsh looking. Right. And so I told her, hey, like just let you know I don't like that. And she's like, okay. And oh, wait a minute, did she ask you? No. Uh, okay. That, okay. Well, then that's a little right. overboard on your part. So yeah. I said, and I got checked on it by a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. So I went back to her and I said, hey, Paige. And also Paige and I are like sisters, yeah. so we're yeah. very very quickly became very close. That's good. And so I had said that and it didn't bother her. But when I called her and I said, hey, I just want to let you know, like that was a bit, I shouldn't have said that. You mm. didn't ask, like yeah. that wasn't very courteous. She's yeah. like, Jade, like it's fucking fine. No, but like, I okay. get where you're going with that though, because that's like, it's the same on social media. It's kind of like when somebody will give their opinion on something. It's like, well, first of all, I didn't, I didn't ask, ask you your you. opinion. Yeah. Right. But It'd see, be different if I did. Right. But yeah. see, I'm somebody that would want, like if these glasses didn't look good on me and you didn't tell me, I would be like, why are you letting me walk around like a fucking idiot? But what but do you me. like? Exactly. Right. But it should be more so, what do you like? Right. Yeah. Right. So it's learning like where, because. Where that line is. Where that line is. Uh -huh. Because like for me, I'm a group of all, I grew up in an all female household. Mm -hmm. I grew up with only sisters. Mm -hmm. So I do have a half brother. He's come into my life recently. Um, and he's awesome. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm used to being around women and the women that I'm with are very, like they're from Jersey. Like my mom's <laughs> side of the family's from Jersey. So they'll just tell you how it is like, yeah. so I'm learning also tact in social right. situations yeah. and self-awareness. Well, since I've known you, I've never seen you not have tact. But you're a man. Okay, fair enough. So It's different between women. It is. Okay. And I work a lot with men and I also know that there's certain things that men don't care about. Like, yeah. And with men, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I would care yeah. more about what my best friend looks like than what you look like. Like, yeah. John, I'm, like you're wearing a red T-shirt. looks great on you. Like, yeah. you're a dude, you're wearing a red T-shirt. Yeah. But with women, it's different. And yeah. so it's learning, like, how to be self-aware and also how to how to, to be gracious and kind, but also learning your place and all of that. But it's all human experience. Yeah. You know, we're all Which is beautiful. You think about learning. it. Learning. Yeah. And I'm so young. I'm mm -hmm. still learning yeah. a lot of things. And I also don't have... 
a lot of the normal interactions that people my age have. Mm -hmm. Especially in the situation that you're in as far as public figure, you business, a lot of stuff shooting. Yeah. You know, like where I live, there's a lot of people my age. Most of them just got out of college that their parents paid for. And they're like, so what do you have to connect on? Not a dang thing. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I like to shoot. Not a lot of women around me like to shoot, which is why I'm starting my own company is I'm like, I'm going to get with the people that share what I like to Mm -hmm. do, you know, and want to learn in the way that I've learned and also learn something about themselves in the process, you Mm -hmm. know, and act as a mirror. So it all comes down to like, what do you value? I want to talk about the NRA. Okay. You went to the NRA show that was just this weekend in Houston. Mm -hmm. And in light of the Uvalde shootings, there was protesters there. There was a lot of people that pulled out of the show. Uh, I think Lee Greenwood, some performers said they weren't going. A few congressmen said they're not going to attend now. Um, What was that experience like? What was the feelings there? So, well, I went into it from my, okay, so I'll tell you from my point of view, because that's the only thing I know, right? So I went into it from, you know, perspective. I'm starting my own company. I'm going with my manager. I've not been to the NRA show I, in a long time. I love the NRA show. Do I like the NRA? No, not necessarily yeah, at same. all. No. And coming from a business perspective, me being a firearms instructor. Yeah, it doesn't matter, yeah. One thing that bothers me, though, is like from purely where I stand in, in terms of being an instructor, it's like our entire credentials as firearms instructors based off of the NRA's firearm instructor Which certification. Which it's actually really like a strenuous process. They don't just hand those things no. out. No. And the thing about it is, though, if you have the time and the money to do it and you want to be a firearms instructor, you can go and randomly become one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, like, I've met so many people. I've worked with one recently, a, a wonderful woman that I'm friends with, um, and she's amazing, but she is certified to conceal carry. And when I worked with her on the range, she was not comfortable holding her pistol. You know, and this is very wow. common. Really? It's very common. Oh. Yes. Maybe not from where we're standing because we're, we are industry professionals, right? I wouldn't say we, I'd say you. Okay. But you're in the same. I was just a grunt. Me. Okay. <laughs> but, but you know, you're. This thing goes that way. But you're around real legitimized yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Like you're around me, Rudy, mm-hmm. Chris Perano. You're around all these. I guys. love Chris. Yeah. You're Chris around, is a good dude. He's amazing. He's a good dude. But you're around very qualified people, mm-hmm. right? We, we hung out at Texas Range Day. Mm-hmm. Those are all incredibly qualified people. Yeah. But, you know, to go to teach a woman to hold the fire, because I was teaching her pistol fundamentals and technique, as I always do, but she's fully licensed to conceal carry, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have a medical plan. She doesn't have a, a stop-the-bleed kit in her car. She does not know how to carry her pistol uh, confidently. She did not know how to actually carry it safely, so she carried it with the safety on and nothing in the trigger. So I'm like, so you're going to fumble around with your safety. Then you're going to rack it in the case of an emergency. I'm like, so the fundamentals and techniques aren't there. And you're licensing people to conceal carry. Jesus. Not to mention the NRA is licensing the people that taught her Mm -hmm. to teach other people. And these are, this is the product of their instruction. I did not know that. So my personal, you know, problem with it and that they're not the only one, but industry standard across the board is like NRA certification. Yeah. Right. Why do I have to be legitimized as a firearms instructor, which I, you know, I would say I'm in the top 10%, which, you know, I'm not trying to be arrogant at all, because if I was, I would say I'm in the top 3%. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And so if I'm there, but I have to have this, this credential that a bunch of other people have that they don't have nearly the experience or the ability to teach that I do. Why is that the standard? Yeah. So I have my own issues personally with the NRA mm-hmm. and you know, their role in art in my industry. However, so we went there, I was there to, to see my people. I was there to see the consumers and to see the companies and to be a part of it. And, um, I went to the range day. It was great. 
went to the day of the show. There's a few people like out there, but I was like, you know, whatever. Like mm. I lived in LA during the riots. Like I'm used to it. People are exercising their first yeah. amendment and we're in here exercising our second amendment without the first. You can't have the second without the second. You can't have the first. So mm. here we are. Right. Mm. And for me, it was very symbolic because I brought my dog. So I had to bring him out to go potty mm. um, like an hour and a half into the show. We went out there and there was like over a thousand protesters mm-hmm. and then there was tons of cops and you know it was a, it was absolutely atrocious in terms of like i don't believe personally in speaking to people the way that these people decided to speak to each other mm-hmm. however there's no violence going on first amendment right yeah. go for it however it was very interesting to see that the symbolism of the two sides of the street mm-hmm. and how at the end of the day like I always use my dogs like I'm a I'm a dog owner. How many people are a dog owner in the United States of America? Tons of fucking people. Mm-hmm. You and I have common ground. Mm-hmm. Like the people over there, they they didn't shout at me. I had my fucking dog. They're like, now yeah, whatever. Like she got her dog. Mm. And then you have people leaving from the NRA to go into the parking garage, and they're like doing all this shit, and they're like, yeah, ha ha, and it's arrogance. And then you have the other side screaming at them. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'm like, are we barbaric? Like, are we not living in 2002 where we have all of these things? I wish I wish I could agree with you on that one, but it feels like the divide has gotten further because I, I was to the point where it's like, you know, we should try and find common ground. Right. But we live in an age now to where it just broke today that Justin Trudeau in Canada is trying to pass a bill to where there are no more firearm cells, Biden and the rest of them with Uvalde instantly. A mass shooting occurs. Mm-hmm. And then instantly ban AR-15s, ban handguns, ban all this stuff. And it's like, I don't think you people understand that when you go this route, like with Democrats, the easiest way to try and, I shouldn't say reason, but it's like under the Trump administration, you did not like him. You viewed him as an authoritarian figure. And most of them will say, yes, fuck that guy, piece of shit. It's like, okay, fair enough. But what if Trump tried to install measures that went against your constitutional rights? Forget the second, let's say freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. And he said, you're no longer be allowed to do this. What would you say to that? You'd be pissed off. Well, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but what if it actually turned authoritarian to where now they are forcing you? Like, how are you going to defend yourself? And then that little light bulb goes on, but a lot of them still deny it because of a political bias. Right. And they are so wrapped up in that identity. It's like, you don't seem to understand. And I hate saying this, but with freedom, with guns comes bad things. That sucks. No one's condoning it. We're all against it. But unfortunately, because of those bad things, we can't change everything else. I would say this. I would say take the firearms out of it. Like when you have men and women, when you have human beings, you're going to have bad things. Like, yeah. like let's, oh, let's absolutely. go all yeah. the With way cars, back. alcohol. Oh, I mean, yes. dang, what was the first freaking um, weapon? It was a spear. A first rock. it was a rock. Yeah, it was a rock. First yeah. it was rock, right? But a rock is just an object, True. right? Weaponized. Mm. Now you have the spear. Mm. What was the spear used to do? It was hunt, mm-hmm. right? But then eventually, if you got me and you and we're from, you know, these two different areas and we come into contact, we're going to war because right. we want your land yeah. and your women. We want to rape, pillage and kill yeah. human behavior. Yeah. So then the day it's like, listen, like whether you take like objects out of it or not, objects exist. But the, the main component is human beings. Exactly. Yeah. You and that's that's a good point, because we keep talking about the gun issue. No one's talking about the mental issue that we have in this country. No, no one's talking about that, because no. now we look at um and I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but we look at um, sexuality and promiscuity. Mm-hmm. How on social media now, dude, I was in I was in the mall the other day with my buddy and we were walking to a store and there was these two teenage girls in front of us and he, he tasked me, look at that. And this girl, I'm not playing. She had to be a late teenager, early 20s. She had her ass cheeks hanging out of her shorts. No, I know. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what the fuck? No, I know. 
And it's like, normally, like, any dude, like, oh, man, that's fucking hot. It's like, but you no. look at it from a, a standard, it's like, like, women can be like, I dress how I want. It's like, you can, but do not sit there and be surprised when men are looking at you and sexualizing you not because of that. that. Don't be surprised when you become, when you're sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm not justifying that. I know I'm that's not, not what either. you mean either, but I'm it's kind of like when you're putting the bait out there. But when, but yeah, so it comes back down to like self-awareness, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think at the end of the day, everything starts in the community, right? Yeah. I think it starts at home. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, you want to think global, you act locally. First thing is your home, right? Yeah. First thing is the media people. Let's talk, like dogs. Okay, mm-hmm. I've got the biggest. I got a super squared away dog. Mm-hmm. My my dog Hank. He's a certified service dog, psychiatric service dog. Super squared away. German Shepherd, hundred pounds. Fucking gorgeous. Right? Athena's not. She's just lazy. She's beautiful. She's but a She's sweetheart. a great dog. She is. Okay, so here's the thing. I cannot walk out of the house with my dog and not expect an altercation between another dog because people do not train their dogs. Yeah. Because people do not train themselves. They have no accountability. They think that if they have a dog that lunges at other dogs Mm -hmm. and they just pull up on the leash and they say, no, the dog doesn't give a fuck. Your dog's never going to stop lunging. You will not pour your training into your dog to make your dog a civilized member of society. Mm -hmm. Every time I leave the house, even today. And then this dog is lunging at my dog and barking at my dog. My dog doesn't like it because he serves a purpose to protect me. And now you're going to look at me like my German Shepherd's a problem, but you've got a 100-pound golden retriever that will not act, right? Yeah. That is not my fucking problem. Right. Same with kids. Same with society. Everything. You Okay, a dude in the bar. You start acting like a fucking asshole. You think you're not going to get hit? Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, it comes down to self-awareness, right? A lot of people don't have that. They don't have accountability. Yeah. You know, like you're fat, you're overweight, you have mental health disorders. Mm -hmm. You will not go to therapy. You will not pick up the phone. You will not talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. You will not take the first step in action. You want everyone to do it for you. Yes. You're a problem. 100%. You're your own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And then you're stuck in this mindset of living in fear. Yeah. And that's the problem with today's day and age. It's all about fear. Pump the fear. Pump the fear. Pump the fear. I'm a Christian. The only thing I fear is God. However, fear is something that I experience. Mm-hmm. I do not let fear run my life. Mm-hmm. Fear is a tool. Especially in today's day and age when the message across the board is like, you're perfect the way you are. Don't ever change. Like, no. that's a crock of shit. Like, no. that's a crock of shit. But we're breeding that. Yeah. Because there's a, there, and you know, I'm not a, a big conspiracy theorist. I'm not really big into politics. Shit, I'm like turning into one. The more that I see, it's just like, good but lord. But what are you looking at? You're looking at people yeah. that are like pumped fear yeah. yes. and tactics. Yes. And then. Fear porn. Yeah. Well, it's all over. It's psychological warfare and we're allowing it Mm -hmm. because we're not allowing ourselves to think for ourselves. We're not allowing ourselves to object what we can't be in a household and you and I believe in two different things and still be rational. So we're going to bubble ourselves in. You see, that's such a slippery slope, though, because now we're talking about like really fundamental, deeply rooted beliefs. So, for example, abortion, abortion's a big one. Mm -hmm. Like when you have two people that disagree on something like that or the Second Amendment or things like that, it's like I think by and large. Mm-hmm. most people can agree to disagree on these types of issues. But then there are issues that are coming to surface that we're seeing right now, which I just posted today about children being allowed into these drag queen shows. It's like, I do not want to share a country with somebody that thinks that's okay. I was right. like, that's sexualizing children. Those are the differences that I find no common ground on. And honestly, I view you as the enemy. I was well, like, you are disgusting. This is what I thought, right? Because mm-hmm. here's the thing is like, oh, it's, it's, it's so nuanced, right? Human mm-hmm. beings are so nuanced. Um, I think our country is fucking huge. Mm-hmm. We have a huge country. Yeah. Got a lot of different people. Got a lot of different territories. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of things going on. I don't know. I and this is just like my thought. I have no like 
idea if this would ever work. I've never talked to anybody legitimately about it. Mm-hmm. It was just something I thought about. Why not make, like, look at Europe. Europe is huge, right? But mm-hmm. we have different countries in Europe. Why are we not separating our, our states? Why are we not allowing Texas to be Texas? Texas has its own rules, has its own thing going on. We kind of already do. Right. Mm-hmm. But now we but we all have to agree on something like I just wish that we could just it didn't matter. Like if you don't believe that, don't live there. And you're 100 percent. That's states rights versus federal. And it right. does exist. But unfortunately, we're just and this is how it's been since the dawn of America. Mm-hmm. But you'll see places like California be more stringent with gun control, whereas in Texas, not so much. Mm-hmm. New York, absolutely. And then it comes to abortion rights, things like every state is different. Right. So are you talking like more like secession? I don't know what that means. Like separating from the country entirely. Mm, I don't know. Just like, just like, you know, do like have your own rules yeah. and regulations. Well, and they do, separate. but it's just the problem is people want to force that on other states. I know, and that's and the that's issue. The problem. It's yeah. like this. It's like I'm a right-handed, you know, writer. Mm-hmm. You're a left-handed writer. You can't force me yeah. to be a left-handed writer. I'm not going to do it. I'm a right-handed right. writer. No. But I think it's this idea that well, and everybody wants to control everyone. Mm-hmm. But yes. we live in America. Like our fundamental core value and right is that yeah. we don't control anyone i'm in agreement it's kind of like if you like the way if you want stricter gun control you want abortion rights go to california that's right but also the california economy is straight shit well i'm going to tell you this and it is straight shit but like if you don't want gun rights you want to go live in a place that doesn't have guns go move to california but your criminals are going to have guns exactly so what are you going to do Uh, that's their problem not ours yeah exactly your car's a weapon but it's like this it's like if you don't value your personal safety, okay. Like, I'm not yeah. going to make you value it. However, I'm not going to let anybody hurt me or my family. There you go. And so, same thing with abortion. I got into a fight with my sister about it, my twin sister, who I adore mm-hmm. completely. We never fight about anything. Mm-hmm. We didn't really fight about it. We just disagreed. Right. She is, she doesn't think we should be allowed to have abortions. I would not have an abortion personally. Mm-hmm. I just, I wouldn't. I don't want to play God in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. First things first is with my body, right? Yeah. I wouldn't pump anything into me to try to have a baby either. However, if you like, I don't, I think that there should be limits, of Mm -hmm. course. But at the end of the day, I'm like, listen, like I'm kind of the kind of person that is like, we're all going to go talk to God one day. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not a perfect person. Right. And God's going to have some things to say about that. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What God has to say to me is nobody's business. And I don't care what he has to say about anybody else. Mm -hmm. Like, so at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm always thinking about what's happening after this. I see your aspect on that. And normally I would agree because I think in other... Um, it's not logical. It's just like spirit. I'm just saying No, no. I see what you're saying there. <coughs> Excuse me. I think other circumstances, for example, the Second Amendment, it's like if you don't want to carry a gun, don't carry a gun. Don't carry that's a gun. Fine. That's fine. But when it comes to abortion rights, though, and things such as that, it's like that's another human being. And I don't want right. to spend a lot of time on that topic because that we can go down a very long discussion on this. We're talking about ethics and morals and values. Yeah. At the end of the day, and this is how I frame it, it's like my my ethics, morals, and value system should be just yours as long as they don't infringe on somebody else. A criminal's not going to have it. Like there's nothing I can teach him or say to him that is going to change what he believes in. Like I can't do it and I don't want to do it because I got fucking things to do with my life. You know what I mean? I got shit (laughs) to do. First thing is stay alive, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like you can't instill ethics and morals into somebody who does not possess them Mm. they could change one day and say you know what i want to be a completely different person but that's choice we all have free will right like that's our god-given right i agree so it's like let them have their free will however if your free will in any way is going to come how and is going to somehow come in 
and affect like my personal safety and my family's safety, like you can fuck off. Yeah. No way. Exactly. So I'm like, I believe in your right to do whatever you want to do. I don't care what you do in the bedroom. It's none of my business. Right. Just don't involve children. I don't want to pay for it. Right. Yes. Well, and, and it, it comes back and it's like, we all have these very, very powerful beliefs, mm-hmm. but it's a belief. You know, I think that there's definitely things that are right and wrong, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, like we're Americans, we're allowed to choose what we believe in. Mm-hmm. And that's like the scary thing. But that's why at the end of the day, like you prepare mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally, spiritually and physically. That's why I'm always in shape. I think it's a lot of it is also to do with the fact of if like mm-hmm. guns are killing people in schools and stuff that's like that. Horrible. And I get where Democrats come from on that. It's like I get their passion. I understand that's how they feel. I, we feel the same way. It's just that Republicans get because I had a friend of mine that I've had him on the show or I debated him a few times and he was tweeting out some things like Republicans don't give a crap about those kids. Like, dude, well, like, come on, man. That's so wrong. That is right. That's he knows what, what he's saying. doing. Yeah. That's what they were saying at this, at this um, rally. rally thing, yeah. whatever. Um, and I was like, you could not be more wrong because the thing about it is you're sitting here protesting people who believe in the Lord, who mm-hmm. fear the Lord, who people who believe in their family and have right. ethics and morals in their family. Yeah. Like we're human beings. Like, that is the most atrocious thing. Mm-hmm. However, there are solutions to it, but we're too busy worrying about other fucking shit. Like we're sending forty billion mm-hmm. to Ukraine, yeah. and my buddy ran the numbers. If we hired and employed former veterans, right? You want to talk about solving two problems, two birds with one stone? Mm-hmm. And this has been brought up time and time again. But you hire veterans, you repurpose them, you give them the tools. The VA needs to reassess itself and get <laughs> these guys actual tools. Yeah. Therapy. Why is I'm- it not on the billet? Give it like make it readily available and have because it doesn't make money, right? But quit with the fucking drugs. That's Mm -hmm. why the only people who help veterans are veterans and Mm -hmm. their families. Mm -hmm. I agree. So it's like we have to the community. That's why shell shock's done so well. Too, it's like people trying the CBD and the Delta Eight. It's and yeah, in the kratom, totally promo here on your show. In the kratom, kratom, in the kratom. Yeah, but it's just one of those things. It's not addictive. It's affordable, and that's why it's kind of like fuck the VA. Right. Because we have people like hit us up and it's like I was on opioids. I was on this because the VA, the VA doesn't give a shit. They don't. Band-Aids. Yes. Band-Aids. Yeah. We're so not going to address yourself. the root. Because they sent so many of us to war, and you come back, and then you're going to treat them with opioids. Like, no, a lot of them need therapy. They no. need they need ways to be taught on how to deal they with this. They need time and space. And the military does not do that. No. Not a very good job at it. And the VA certainly doesn't. The no. VA is just like, you go in there, you're treated like you're a prisoner. I mean, prisoners probably get treated better in certain circumstances. Yes. And they say, well, here, in order to fix the traumatic experience you had, take this. Take this this opioid that's addictive. It's going to turn you into a walking zombie. It's a nightmare. And then you wind up blowing your fucking brains out because you then, just, it exacerbates the issues. And then at the end of the day, like, where's your life? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, was it worth it? Was it worth fighting for this country? Like, no, it wasn't. Right. It wasn't. Like, I just, because, you know, they promise us. It's like, if you get, if you go in, you get fucked up, we're going to take care of you. And you get out, it's like, you're not taking care of them. No. But, you know, at the, if you, okay, so if we took care of ourselves, right? Because mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, it's cool. Yeah. You were responsible yeah. people. This community cares, right? More than anything. The veteran community is, oh, it's finicky. At least it's the, very the finicky. the community that I know, right? That's good. Rudy's got a nonprofit. It's called Force Blue. We do mm, ocean yeah. conservation with special operations guys. We yeah. repurpose their skills. Instead of going on the defense they're, or on the um, offense, we're now on defense. We're trying to protect the ocean, trying to protect ourselves and give yeah. ourselves community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we, But let's just say for this uh, hypothetical situation, we sent $40 billion to Ukraine to fight a war that we have no business in. Wars is eminent. It will be prevalent until the end of time. I agree. Um, if we would have, you know, instead of getting distracted in, in then this fear bullshit, um, if we would have just, empl- if we could employ veterans, right? Even like law enforcement officers that had to quit because they got injured, right? But they have a skill set. Repurpose their skill set. Give them $70,000 a year salary. 
and put them into schools, get some dogs involved, give them a fucking dog. They love dogs, right? And they Unfortunately, work. Democrats look at it as like Chuck Schumer. They just they literally tried doing something very similar last week, and Chuck Schumer out of New York shot it down, saying, "No, we don't need more guns in school." It's like, and it's absolutely ridiculous. So it's like Republicans are trying to do something. Not even it's just people are trying to do something. Democrats are shooting it down. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. It's like we saying, "Hey, single point of entry, a guard there, whatever the a case dog, might here. Get a fucking dog. Doors are locked. It's like so." Unfortunately, they're not being very pragmatic about this is the situation we are facing. They don't this care, is not though. Exactly. They're looking for divide. And at the end of the day, they're looking to take away our shit. And I think it's divide because we're not having these conversations that need to occur on the public spectrum. For example, right. with Fauci and COVID. No, he wouldn't debate anybody. He refused right. to. And the doctors that disagreed, he would never address. They were censored. They wanted to control the narrative. And it's like, even if Fauci had been wrong, but he debated and he put himself out there, I would have had 10 times more, more respect. respect for him. But we are not having conversations anymore because, Demi, like, one person, do you know who Bill Maher is? Mm-hmm. He's actually coming around to where it's like, holy shit, like, this guy, it's not that I agree with him. He's at right. least having those difficult discussions. Like, right. this is what we need. Right. But they don't want to showcase Look at that. Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard, who's a beautiful friend of mine. I yeah. absolutely love her. Mm-hmm. Veteran, uh, Army veteran, special mm-hmm. operator. Uh, Maybe not special operations. No, she was in, yeah, I know Tulsi. She's a good person. She's so great. I don't know, like, what brought that about because she's, like, an old-school moderate Democrat. Like, she's not a progressive. She's moderate. And they hate her. So if she fought the establishment 100%, yeah. Yeah, and if it doesn't go with their narrative, mm-hmm. then they don't want you. They're going to ostracize 100%. It's horrible. But yeah. what do we do? I say at the end of the day, like, instead of doom and gloom, we take personal responsibility for our household mm-hmm. and oh, that our doesn't community. happen. That doesn't well, happen. And it's like, yeah. but it starts within you, right? Yeah. So if you're overweight and you're depressed and mm-hmm. you're not an active member of your family, well, mm-hmm. then go get help. Start getting some therapy. Start moving. Grab your kids. Grab your dog. Go on a walk. Mm-hmm. And just start moving your foot. Mm-hmm. My acting coach used to say, like, um, I think Morgan Freeman said something like, when you fall down, if you can at least wiggle your toe, then you can go. You know, but like just start wiggling your toe. Make yeah. that first step. And then like, you know, at the end of the day, we just kind of, we just prepare, right? We be prepared and we do the best that we can. And we try to have really good fulfilling relationships and we spend time having good conversations and eating and breaking yeah. bread and yeah. and enjoying our lives until, you know, something comes up and things come up all the time. I forgot what that was like because... um the tango crew I'm with, a lot of them are Persian from Iran. Mm-hmm. So we did a little birthday thing this weekend, and they took me out with a few of our friends that we danced with to an escape room. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And then we went and had dinner. And then in Persian culture, it's kind of like you're going to have chai. You're going to have they're, – they're very polite. They're very – it's like they bring out the fruit. Even after you just ate, it's like they – and then they serve you. Right. And it kind of feels a little weird because, like, I can get it myself. It's like, oh, no, no, you're my guest. Right. But we would sat there for, like, two hours just talking mm-hmm. about everything. Nothing, right. like, too controversial. But good times, good yeah. convert, good fellowships. Like, share. fuck, I miss this. Like, mm-hmm. I miss this to where it's not – fucking Biden, fucking Trump. It's like, you know, you talk about good things. Right. And it's like, wow, this is very... Like, and then I also, I was proud of myself because yesterday I went to the gym in the, in the morning mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going to take time for myself today. Put the phone down. Yes. I know I'm addicted to my phone. I know I am. Mm-hmm. And I've identified that about myself because mm-hmm. with social media and shit like that, I've got to do some changes in my life to where it's like, this is not the life I want to live. Right. I'm too angry. I have just too much negativity being fed to me by this fucking thing. Right. And we only have one life to live. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you should turn a blind eye to what's going on, right. but everything in moderation. Right. You know, and that's the one thing I've learned. So it was, I took a nice hot shower, put on some comfy fat clothes, mm-hmm. and then I sat in my nice comfy chair that I have not sat in a very long time. I made some CBD tea. 
-hmm. then I started reading The Alchemist. And then I found myself kind of just nodding off a little bit. It's like, I'm going to take a nap. And then I woke up and I was like, I feel good. Like, I feel good. Like, wow. Like, it's just something so small. And then go spend some time with friends and fellowship. It's like, I need more of this. Like, I need more of this. Like, Mm -hmm. this negativity is like, fuck. And I know that I feed into it with the political spectrum. But it's like, you've got to take care of yourself first and then have that balance because that right there, I know would also affect relationships. Right. So that's mental health, right? It's like checking in and spending that time. Like for me, I will like I every day, like my like little routine is like I clean my house every Mm -hmm. single day. Like I clean it spick and span. I've got a dog. I've got two cats. I've got Rudy and myself. I've Mm -hmm. got a lot of stuff everywhere. Clean my house. (laughs) And then from there, um, like and I'm drinking my coffee and whatever. Um, I'll shower and I always shower before I work out. Like it just preps the zone for me. So I shower, mm-hmm. take that time, feel the water, really mindful, mm-hmm. right? And just being present. And I think the thing about these devices is they take us away from being present. Yeah. And really looking someone in the eye and like yeah. actually having to answer. And this is the thing is like, I think we take, like we're always in the process of discovery when we have conversations, like we're opening our mind to different. If our mind's eye is open, yes. If it's not, then it's worthless. Right. But the hope is that we are right. Yeah. That we're So that doesn't mean that we always have to be right or that we say yeah. things perfectly. Or maybe we say things like I hate those glasses on you and they totally feel that was irrelevant. You right. know? But we're learning and we don't always have to have it figured out. But we're yeah. giving ourselves the opportunity to still learn. Yeah. I think it comes back down to like what happened when we became adults is we stopped playing yeah right we stopped falling down mm-hmm. start taking we stopped like taking like scuffs on like i got hit in the face last night my friend was like trying to untie her shirt and when she went back or when she came up she like hit me in the face and like it took a hit but like it woke me up because it's like we forget what it's like to play it's so weird you say that because in talking about experiences that we used to experience when we were younger, mm-hmm. I was in the gym and I was in the shower the other day and I, I forget what I did. I tilted my nose and I accidentally sniffed water. Mm-hmm. But you know that feeling when you get water up your mm-hmm. nose? Mm-hmm. I was like, and I, know, I don't know why I thought about it. I was like, I have not experienced that in a very long time. Right. But that experience in my mind was associated with playing, right. going out there and having fun in water. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, wow, like something so minor mm-hmm. that I never would have thought about. Memory. Just a certain little thing had that that memory association with good times. Right. And then you it's have like an how many boost. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wouldn't say that. It was more like fuck that hurts, but it reminds me of good times. Right. But, but it's then like you have that little that cash yeah. in the back of your head that you just like withdraw from. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like are we that's why like I'm so passionate about instruction is mm-hmm. I'm like if you are willing to learn something new, you're putting yourself in a very uncomfortable environment. You are 100% right. Mm-hmm. You and, are 100% right. And then we're learning, like when we were kids and we walk into like high school, the first day of high school, we're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. You know, and then after high school and we walk into college and then after college we walk into a job and then we get into this job and we're there for eight years. We forget what it's like to interview. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like, why are we not putting ourselves in situations? We become creatures of comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and new, you are 100% right on that because when I started doing these various different hobbies, it was converting the mind back into the mind of a student and it's going to yeah. humble you down. It's going to keep the, you young. Exactly. And it also makes you feel proud of the accomplishment because it's like, we don't, I'm, I'm speaking for myself here. It's yeah. like, like I'm not accomplishing things anymore. Right. I'm not seeing physical things. Like for me, I'm very physical. I like, I'm kinesthetic. I like hands on. Mm-hmm. I do not like, like, and I'm not knocking, but I cannot sit down and read an entire novel in a day. Yeah. Like, I forget that Ty Lopez dude is like, I read one book a day. It's like, well, you must not have a, like, you have a lot of time on your hands because like, I don't. Right. But it's the act of saying, oh, wow, like I can look at where I was six months ago and look where I'm now. It's like, I see improvement. Like that's, right. I like that. That's mm-hmm. a good feeling. Yeah. And I feel like when we wake up and we do our nine to five, we become very comfortable in that because there's no challenging. There's no fear. 
There's no going out into the unknown because in the unknown, we create these monsters in our head of saying, it's going to be this bad. And it's just like, but once you go out there, you're going to realize those monsters don't exist because you created them. Right. And that's like being mindful of your thoughts. Right. So it's like really doing the self-assessment all the time. And then also when we go to learn new, like something new, like I went to this self-defense seminar, I brought up Tony Blower earlier. I'm going to start teaching Mm -hmm. his curriculum because it's very, um, it's just all the things, the psychology, uh, can kinesiology kinesiology yeah. kinesiology and um physiologically based right so it's super rad but i went into this class and i don't think i've ever heard anybody said rad before in a very long time yeah i it's like so that cool. well done but <laughs> we're bringing it there. back rad yeah rad i went in there and it was like i was a student for the first time and i felt kind of nervous but then i was like this is fun like, yeah i don't know something new how this is gonna happen mm-hmm. and like oh i'm embarrassed because i'm not doing it well but how fun is that because like yeah. why are we going into it thinking that we have to be the best at it that's so unrealistic we're setting ourselves up yeah. for failure. Yeah, it's it's realistic expectations and expectations not going, oh, you're 100%. Because there was this girl I danced with and man, I saw it in her eyes. She was she was like her third time in class. And for those that don't know, like Argentinian tango, and I did not know this, mm-hmm. is the hardest dance to learn. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So they said everything else is a little bit easier mm-hmm. or it's very repetitious. This girl was on her third class and they were teaching her a decent move and she was beating herself up to the point where when she was right. dancing it was like I told her I was like you need to stop I was like mm-hmm. you're doing this to enjoy this right now I can see it in your eyes you don't enjoy it right. stop being so hypercritical and then I, I, t- I pulled my coach aside I was like I was like I think there's trauma there I was like I think there is there's something there a hard father figure I don't know but when I see somebody doing it to that level there is something that brings about that mindset of like, oh, I didn't get it right the first time. It's like, first of all, you're a perfectionist. That's going to bring you nothing but unhappiness. Right. And that's what I'm learning. Right. So mm-hmm. we talked about earlier, like I took a, a break from like media and all that shit. And what I've learned from it is like one of the great things about me is that I really have a very clear vision of how I want things to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's different. And it's like I'm very strict on about it. But mm-hmm. that's also like the worst part about me is because I'm so hyper-focused yeah, on how I want like, things to look. Good luck with those plans you're making. <laughs> I know. Right? So it's like, also, I think it all comes back to like control. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. Same thing with... Very well said. We do not like not being in control. Right. But, but that's actually a beautiful thing in that. And also the realization is that we're never in control. Fuck no. We're not even in control of our own emotions. Like we have emotions, we let them control us. So like True. we're these control freaks who have no control. So we're like drug <laughs> it's, addicts. It's who the perception of having control. I mean, I think we have control in certain areas and where we work on having better control over the things that we can't like our emotions right but, but i think have, have it or is it ever really obtained no it's not because we yeah, have to I guess, constantly yeah. work on yeah, it yeah true it's just know? different levels of, of control i guess right or it's your perception of what yeah. control really is and i think that when we lose this idea that we control everything and instead of like instead of the thought process of like life is happening to us and we don't get to choose it's the thought process of I am happening to the world. I choose mm. my choice consciously. Right. And I am aware of the fact that I'm choosing a choice. So I'm going to choose it with intention. Mm. And then once that intentional choice is made, like the fun of it is like, okay, well, what's going to come exactly. next? It's like, the, it's the training your mind to be okay with like not being in control. It's kind of like in my mind, I don't know why I just, I just picture being in a little boat on a nice river. It's like, okay, could you do that without oars? Like, could you mm-hmm. enjoy that because you have no control or you train yourself to say, look, there's no white water. It's safe. Be okay with not being in control. You're going in the right direction. Enjoy the ride. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that Alchemist book talked about. And I thought it was very, um, it was very, I loved it because he talked about this. I'm not giving anything away. 
but it was the shepherd boy who went to visit a palace mm -hmm. and the guy in there and the, the shepherd boy was like, I wanted to talk to you about asking some questions about this treasure I'm looking for. And the guy's mm -hmm. like, I don't have time for that right now. So, but in the meantime, I want you to go walk around my palace and go, go look at it and see how much you appreciate it. But while you're doing it, here's a spoon with a little few drops of oil in it. Don't spill it. The mm -hmm. boy's like, okay. And he walks around the palace and for two hours, he comes back later and he's like, so what you think of the palace? And the boy's like, I was focused on the, I was focused on the thing. He's like, okay, this time focus on it again. Don't worry about the oil. The boy goes out and he spills the oil, but he notices the gardens, this, that, and the other. The trees, the birds. The, exactly. And then he goes back to the guy and he's like, what'd you think? He's like, I thought it was beautiful. He's like, but where's the oil? He's like, well, I spilled it. He's like, there's the problem. You have to learn balance. Right. There has to be balance. It's not saying be so hedonistic towards like fuck bills, fuck whatever. It doesn't work that way, but right. you have balance. And right. I feel like that's what I'm kind of working on now is mm -hmm. figuring out that balance and right. enjoying not being in control in certain aspects. Yeah, of course. Well, that's like life, like the great pursuit, right? But it's also what I love about this kick that you've been on recently is like finding things that you want to try and yeah. like being inquisitive and like mm -hmm. dancing. Like I would have never thought that you would get into like tango, but you're that into was, it. There was a whole thing. And I know Rudy can attest to this, but it's just the way we grew up. Rudy is an artist. Mm -hmm. Like, and you can see that about him. Mm -hmm. You can see that about you. It's like when you look at the background, you would never expect that. But in the veteran community, especially because that's where I come from, there is so much depth that I feel like a lot of veterans are closing off intentionally right. And this is why this bullshit of the alpha male just annoys the fuck because I feel like that is killing so many dreams out there. Mm -hmm. Because if we look at historical examples of the alpha male, mm -hmm. um, it's like you look at the Spartans, mm -hmm. you look at the Greeks, you look at these, these prominent, very uh, militaristic societies that they indulged in the arts. They mm -hmm. indulged in these things and it had that balance. Right. But in today's society, We've got to be fucking, no. it's just so annoying to me. What? It's like, you've got to do this to be like, this is what constitutes being an alpha. It's like, you do realize by trying to live up to this title, that's beta. Right. Alphas don't give a fuck. They just exist. They, they enjoy their lives. And you know that they can flip that switch and go asshole, or they can be compassionate and loving. Because there's a few pages that I follow, and I'm, I'm sorry for, for dominating the conversation, but this is a very passionate thing for me. Yeah. It's just that... They say men can't be effeminate. It's like, no, there's a balance. Right. And being effeminate does not mean being a woman, but it means being in touch with your emotions right. to when that woman that brings wonderful things into your life, who is very vulnerable, who is very sensitive, you can connect with her. Right. She does not connect with masculinity and she shouldn't. Mm -hmm. To have that good yin and yang balance, she shouldn't. But right. you have to come together and have that mutual connection to where put the armor okay. down and be a, be a human being for her. Right. And that's the one thing I've had to work on, but it's that fucking alpha male bullshit on social media that I'm not trying to call them out, but it's this masculinity thing of like, you know, you know, be stoic, suppress, like, no, absolutely fucking learn well, to control a, your emotions. Yeah. And there's a stoicism to knowing exactly what's going on inside of you and like and being that not control. being shaken. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And like, I think at the end of the day, it's like actually defining what does that mean for you? Yeah. Right. And then also giving yourself permission, like even with the faith thing is like giving yourself permission to have a relationship with God on your own terms, mm -hmm. giving yourself permission to have a relationship with yourself on mm -hmm. your own terms, not like making sure that you're judging everything based off of what you really believe in. Like, yeah. you know, do you even think anything great about alpha males or do you think they're all fucking assholes? Because if you yeah. do, then why do you want to be one? It's you know? living up to a title. It's living up to this idea of um, to be accept in society because you, it, it's, it's just like. 
I think it goes back to like the high school days. You want to be in the in crowd. Of course. But you want to be this, but I feel like a lot of it is bullshit. I think so that's why it's toxic positivity. Self-assurance. It's, it's, it's exactly. When There's are you going to yeah. be enough for yourself? Like mm-hmm. that's something I talked about. I, I'm relaunching my podcast. Like when I've stacked up a bunch, I'm going to get them edited and then I'll start filming like, but I'll have things in the can. Yeah. But the first episode was like, the question came into my mind is like, when am I going to be enough for myself? Can mm-hmm. I just be yeah. enough right now? Oh God, that's hard. Because if that I is can, hard. like I'm not perfect, but yeah. if I can be enough, then I can be worthy of love. I can be worthy of trust within myself too. I can love myself. I can mm-hmm. trust myself. My partner can love and trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you give yourself permission to experience life. Yeah. You know, when you ask, when you are worthy enough to, go on the great pursuit in the journey, right? Like of adventure. Mm-hmm. I think we like, of course we're afraid of like the unknown, but if mm-hmm. we can learn to master our fear in a way that doesn't like suppress it and say that it's non-existent, but that when it is present, yeah. actually identifying <clears throat> what it is and working through those steps yeah. to then not let it become you, but just let it be something that is a tool. Yeah. Then you can start experiencing life and then you can actually have a little bit of fun. Because at the end of the day, it's like, if we're not having fun, what the fuck are we doing? I agree. You know what I mean? Like, like I you said, we, we, we forgot. To, we kept, we grew up. Mm-hmm. We grew up. Yeah, we got boring for ourselves <laughs> and everyone True. around us. You know what I True. mean? And it's like, I have ADHD. Like, I can't be bored. If I'm bored, I'm not here. Like, I'm no. not present. And so it's also like not allowing yourself to get distracted. There's a lot of things in self-work that take time. But it's like. there's We, we project myself, especially. I project. And this, this is what I love about it. It's like, this is what I love about life or the journey I'm on. It's that you can figure people out. Mm-hmm. Like you can look at somebody, have a conversation. It's like, I got you figured out. Or at least I know the type of person you are, whatever. Mm-hmm. When it comes to projecting our own insecurities that we don't even realize, and the girl I'm talking to, our first night talking, mm-hmm. um, I came on pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you need to go because I know you got to catch Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I came on pretty strong as far as like, these are my accomplishments. This is who I am. I'm very blah, blah, blah. And by the end of the conversation, we hung up. and was like, well, I'll call you again. And then I realized, like, I didn't ask anything about her. her. I, and I felt bad. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely just like, fuck, she seems like a really nice girl. So Did I'd hit her up. Did you call her back? Huh? Did you call her back? Oh, I, no. Then I texted her. And I was like, I was just joking around. I, and I'm not going to give away too much of our personal life. Right. But it was kind of like, she was just like, do you want to know anything about me now? And mm-hmm. I, I told her, I was like, I'm sorry, you're right. I was like, you are right. And she was like... Later on down the line, I told her, I was like, I feel like I did that as a defense mechanism, mechanism. Mm-hmm. because I wanted you to know my worth. And she was just like, she's like, but here's the thing. Your accomplishments speak for themselves. And when you find the right person, they will see that worth. Like, mm-hmm. But if they don't, then you know they're not the right person. Right. And she's opened my eyes. And that's why it's kind of like one of these things to where I, I appreciate having those types of people in your life that you can trust that their perception has your best interest at heart and they're not trying to manipulate you or right. get you something from you. Right. Yeah. So and you're very big on like that protection, right? Because you have to be. Well, you are like I, I heard on the podcast this morning is you're like, don't, you know, it's giving very sound advice to women on dating apps about like, do not yeah. tell them what you want in your bio. No, no, no. And that's, but that's also like, you know who I listen to Steve Harvey. Mm. the show host like he's mm. very in-depth and I don't know his personal life his life but he has some really because he talked about it today or, or yesterday I, I watched another thing he said women don't tell your man right off the bat what you're into right don't give him everything it's mm-hmm. like and it's not a sense of like you keep him in suspense but it's like make him figure it out about you right because right. if because if you tell him what you want they're going to give it to you instantly right as they probably it makes sense mm-hmm. but instead make them figure out the puzzle that is you and it's right. not a sense of playing games it's just 
keep make sure they're genuine in their attention for you. Right. And I think long term, like Rudy's gone, so we communicate through like text message and FaceTime mm-hmm. and all that, and I'll send him videos or whatever. And I had sent him a video of me dancing and he was like, like, you're so he was like fascinating. He's like, You're so fascinating. Like I still have so much to learn about you. That's awesome. And I think thank you. I think it's what's cool about it is it's like, well, I have an intention of staying with this man for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. right? I hope to God, like, that there's still things that I'm discovering about myself, let alone him discovering about me. Mm -hmm. So when we're going into, like, new relationships, it's like, as you were. I like that, how it's, as I continue to grow and change, that means he has new things to learn about me as I learn for myself. Right, and And both people should be that way. Yeah, Yeah, you know, and, like, I think if that's something that you're interested in. God, that's beautiful. Then you're like, hey, listen, like, this is what I got going right now, but, Mm -hmm. like, just one thing to know about me is, like, I am not the same person I was three months ago. You know, that's there's so much to that, though, because when couples get together and they get stagnant and they stop exploring, you got to do it separately, too, as well. I agree with that. You know, you have to do something separate. Mm -hmm. But, like... That's beautiful because then you continue growing and you continue learning new things about each other and you're still growing, but in separate ways yet together. Right. When we all have to have like our own lives. Right. So I think part of it is like, and I've gotten stuck in it too. If I want to be so supportive, it's like, sometimes I forget to take care of like myself. And so it's like learning mindfulness about like what it is that you need and Mm -hmm. spatial awareness of like, you know, how you're operating. It's like this person, you should have your own life. Your partner should mm-hmm. have their own life. You should have a life together. Yeah. But you should also have, you know, you don't always have to agree on everything. You don't have to have the same school of thought. Yeah. It's almost healthier if you don't. Yeah. Because that way you have some counterbalance to your opinions. 100%. Yeah. And you should, you know, you should scuffle a little bit. You should have opposing <laughs> disagreements. And, yeah. and that, that way you learn how to fight. Right. Well, and also that it keeps it interesting, you know, yeah. and like you're constantly learning and um, that it's like always going to be something that you're both invested in is the growth of the other yeah. and each other in the process. Yeah. You know, and that's why like, and it doesn't need to be by any certain kind of standard. Like you're, you're dancing. You should be allowed to dance on your own. Mm-hmm. But then also like if your wife wants to learn and she like kind of wants to like kind of get funny, she could go and do it on her own time. Oh, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to go dance. And then one day she grabs you and dances with you in the kitchen. That's true. She's better at dancing than you are, <laughs> you know? And so uh, it's yeah. like keeping it fun for yourself and your partner and your life and trying new things yeah. and like, don't stop growing. Don't stop exploring. Yeah, be experimenting. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what do you want? And mm-hmm. also know, like, if you live in America, like, you can go and become anything you want to do. Yeah, 100%. As long as you're a good person, it's not breaking the law. So it's like, if you want to go be America's next top tango dancer, like, then go do it. Go do it. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a pole dancer in, in pole dancing competition, you could do that. If you want to be a great shooter, you can do it. Mm-hmm. As long, but that comes back to belief system. Do you believe in yourself? Yeah. Do you believe that you possess the skills? Do I believe my ability to learn? And if you don't feel like you do, do you understand that you can learn? Yeah. But you have to be willing to try. I feel it's kind of like that shark metaphor. Like if you stop swimming, you're going to drown to death. Yep. So like get out there. Well, where can they find you at on social media again? I'm on Instagram at Jade Struck. And then at Struck Society is my shooting based page and my instruction stuff. And then I'm starting YouTube soon. My podcast will be out right now. It's just like. What's going to be the name of it? Of YouTube? Of your po- new podcast. My podcast, Milk and Honey Podcast. Milk, that's right, yeah. It's on Spotify. Spotify is sucking these days. I'll, I'll talk to you after this about, I can I can hook you up cool. as far as showing you what I use to get the stuff out there. Cool. So, yeah, But, but thank you for coming on the show yeah. today. Totally, you, you just texted me this morning. I'm in town. I was like, fucking come on the show. Yeah, thanks for having so, me. So absolutely. Thank it's you for this fun. great conversation. Yeah. I appreciate it. You're thank very you. insightful for being so young. So it'll be interesting to see where you're at 10 years from now. I'm excited to see where I'm going to be at next month. Because I'm like trying to go home and like get my shit together in a really great way. But like at the same time, you know, 
I'm excited to see like at the end of the year where we're both at. Yeah. You know, hopefully in better spots. Yeah. Oh, we'll always be in, in new, po- new True. ponds, new ponds, yep. swimming. Yep. Thanks for everything. All right, there you Bye have everyone. it. This episode is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. A big thank you for Jade for coming on the show. And make sure you check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are at.